Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of bipolar disorder from the psychiatry section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 21-year-old woman is brought to the emergency room by a police officer. She was found wandering around the streets talking very rapidly about her plans to become the CEO of large companies such as Amazon. She did not resist being brought in, but continued to delineate her goals, including traveling the world, establishing the world's best charity, and rescuing all orphans. When her physician was able to reach a family member, they report that she had been acting this way for two weeks. She had previously had episodes of depression, but recently she has been sleeping only one hour a day, has been easily distracted, and talked very rapidly about her grand plans. Her only medication is an antidepressant. This is a case of bipolar disorder. Let's now get into the topic. Let's start with a brief overview of bipolar disorder. Bipolar disorder is characterized by episodes of mania and depression. The treatment is mood stabilizers or atypical antipsychotics. Bipolar type 1 has at least one manic episode with or without a hypomanic or depressive episode. Bipolar type 2 has a hypomanic episode and a depressive episode. With respect to the epidemiology and incidence, bipolar disorder has a lifelong prevalence range from 0.9 to 2.1%. In terms of the demographics, the mean age of onset is 21 years. Women often cycle through manic and depressive episodes more frequently. Risk factors include other mood disorders. In terms of the pathogenesis and mechanism, There may be a genetic susceptibility for bipolar disorder. There may be atrophy in the brain as well. Let's now move on and discuss the clinical presentation, including the symptoms and physical exam findings of bipolar disorder. In terms of the symptoms, the mood may normalize between episodes and the patient may be fully functional during this time. Using antidepressants may destabilize the mood and trigger an episode of mania. Manic episodes occur for at least one week in duration and cause marked impairment in function. Hypomanic episodes occur for at least four days in duration and may not be severe enough to cause dysfunction with three or more of the following. Grandiosity, decreased sleeping, excessive talking and pressured speech, racing thoughts and ideas, distractibility, increased level of goal-focused activity at home, work, or sexually, and excessive pleasurable activities. Along with manic episodes, you would also have to have depressive episodes. Depressive episodes occur for two weeks in duration, with five or more of the following including either depressed mood or loss of pleasure or interest in activities. These include depressed mood, loss of pleasure or interest in activities, weight loss or gain or appetite loss or gain, hypersomnia or insomnia, psychomotor retardation or agitation, loss of energy or fatigue, feelings of worthlessness or excessive guilt, decreased ability to concentrate or make decisions, and preoccupation with death or suicide. Note that either phase, depressive phase or manic phase, may have psychotic features as well. In terms of a physical exam, you would notice psychomotor agitation or depression. With respect to a differential diagnosis, the main differential to consider is cyclothymic disorder. The key distinguishing factors here are that it presents similarly but with milder symptoms and lasts two years or longer. It presents with numerous periods of hypomanic symptoms that do not meet the criteria for hypomania and depressive symptoms, meaning that they also do not meet the criteria for a major depressive episode. Let's now talk about the treatment of bipolar disorder. Non-medical treatment involves psychotherapy, 
inpatient admission, and electroconvulsive therapy, or ECT. Psychotherapy is indicated as it may help decrease the recurrence rate or help improve the quality of life. Inpatient admission is indicated for suicidal behavior or psychosis. And electroconvulsive therapy is indicated in cases that are refractory to medications. Medical treatment options include mood stabilizers and atypical antipsychotics. Mood stabilizers are indicated as the first-line treatment. Drugs include lithium, valproic acid, carbamazepine, and lamotrigine. Atypical antipsychotics are indicated if there are features of psychosis. These drugs include zepracidone, quetiapine, risperidone, and aripiprazole. The major complication of bipolar disorder is increased risk of suicide. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A 25-year-old woman presents to the emergency department with a one-day history of suicidal ideation. She says that she has felt down for three months, but it has gotten worse ever since she was laid off from her job last month. She does not have the energy to get out of bed in the morning on most days and is unable to sleep at night. She has not been eating lately and has lost five pounds since her last primary care visit. She feels guilty that she has not been able to do much during this time, but says that she just does not feel motivated or interested in any of the activities she used to love. Her past medical history is significant for childhood asthma, though she is not currently taking any medications. She was also hospitalized once when she crashed her parents' car after driving for 30 continuous hours in order to test a brilliant plan that she was sure would solve global warming. A physical exam reveals a thin woman with a flat effect. She is prescribed fluoxetine and told to follow up with her primary care physician in four weeks. Which of the following is the most likely outcome for this patient? 1. Development of gastrointestinal upset after starting the drug. 2. Development of sexual dysfunction after starting the drug. 3. Improvement in symptoms at follow-up. 4. Persistent grandiosity and elevated mood. Or 5. Tremor and hyperreflexia shortly after starting the drug. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 4, persistent grandiosity and elevated mood. This patient who presents with a depressed mood in addition to changes in sleep, interest, appetite, guilt, and suicidal ideation meets the criteria for a major depressive episode. Her history of crashing after driving 30 hours is suggestive of a previous manic episode and administering a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor to a patient with bipolar disorder will most likely trigger another manic episode. Remember, bipolar disorder can be subdivided into bipolar 1 disorder, which is characterized by at least one manic episode, and bipolar 2 disorder, which is characterized by a hypomanic episode in conjunction with at least one major depressive episode. A manic episode is characterized by inflated self-esteem, decreased need for sleep, pressured speech, flight of ideas, distractibility, and psychomotor agitation. Patients who have bipolar disorder will often experience prolonged periods of depressed mood that meet the criteria for major depressive disorder. However, these patients should not be treated with antidepressants because these drugs can lead to episodes of mania. Instead, patients with bipolar disorder should be treated with mood stabilizers such as lithium, valproic acid, and carbamazepine. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choices 1 and 2 development of gastrointestinal upset or sexual dysfunction after starting the drug are classic side effects of selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. 
This may occur after a patient with major depressive disorder is prescribed a drug from this class. However, the class should be avoided in patients with bipolar disorder because of the risk of provoking a manic episode. Answer choice 3. Improvement in symptoms at follow-up is a likely outcome for patients with major depressive disorder who are prescribed selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. However, patients with bipolar disorder are at risk of a manic episode after starting this drug class. And finally, answer choice 5. Tremor and hyperreflexia shortly after starting the drug describe serotonin syndrome, which can occur when selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors are prescribed in combination with other serotonergic drugs. However, this patient is not taking any other serotonergic drugs. In summary, prescribing antidepressants such as selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors to patients with bipolar disorder is contraindicated due to the risk of provoking a manic episode. Next question. A 19-year-old woman presents to an outpatient psychiatrist after two weeks of feeling miserable. She has been keeping to herself during this time with no desire to socialize with her friends or unable to enjoy her usual hobbies. She also endorses low energy, difficulty concentrating, and falling asleep and decreased appetite. You diagnose a major depressive episode but want to screen for bipolar disorder before starting her on an antidepressant. Which of the following cluster of symptoms, if previously experienced by this patient, would be most consistent with bipolar 1 disorder? 1. Auditory hallucinations, paranoia, and disorganized speech for two weeks. 2. Elevated mood, insomnia, distractibility, and flight of ideas for five days. 3. Impulsivity, insomnia, increased energy, irritability, and auditory hallucinations for two weeks. 4. Impulsivity, rapid mood swings, intense anger, self-harming behavior, and splitting for 10 years. Or 5. Insomnia, anxiety, nightmares, and flashbacks for 6 months. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 3. Impulsivity, insomnia, increased energy, irritability, and auditory hallucinations for two weeks. Symptoms of impulsivity, insomnia, increased energy, irritability, and auditory hallucinations for a duration of two weeks is most consistent with a manic episode and bipolar 1 disorder. Remember, bipolar 1 disorder is usually characterized by mania and depression, though only one manic episode is required for the diagnosis. Bipolar 2 disorder is characterized by hypomania and depression. Manic and hypomanic episodes can share almost all of the same signs and symptoms except that mania is more severe, lasts longer, and may or may not include hallucination or delusions, which is referred to as a manic episode with or without psychotic features, respectively. Major depressive episodes consist of greater than or equal to two weeks of depressed mood and symptoms represented by the mnemonic SIGE CAPS, S-I-G-E-C-A-P-S, where S stands for sleep changes, I stands for decreased interest, G stands for guilt, E stands for decreased energy, C stands for decreased concentration, A stands for appetite changes, P stands for psychomotor changes, and S stands for suicidal ideation. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, auditory hallucinations, paranoia, and disorganized speech for two weeks are suggestive of a psychotic disorder. Answer choice 2, elevated mood, insomnia, distractibility, and flight of ideas for five days are more suggestive of hypomania. Answer choice four, impulsivity, rapid mood swings, 
intense anger, self-harming behavior, and splitting for 10 years are more suggestive of borderline personality disorder. And finally, answer choice 5, insomnia, anxiety, nightmares, and flashbacks for six months are more suggestive of post-traumatic stress disorder, assuming other criteria are met, including exposure to severe trauma. In summary, bipolar 1 disorder is characterized by mania and depression, though only one manic episode is required for the diagnosis. And that's all for this review about bipolar disorder. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.